0: from Matthew fifteen twenty one through 28. This is the word of the Lord and it is our privilege and blessing to read it together. The Bible says, and Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from the region or from that region came out and was crying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him saying, send her away for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Let's pray as we approach these verses together. God, we are so very thankful for the Bible. And God, we come together yet again to affirm that the Bible is your word. The words that we have just heard are your words. God, we are so thankful for the fact that if we want to know who you are, if we want to know what you're about, you've not left us in the dark on that. You've not left us to to try to figure this out for ourselves, but God, in your word, you have revealed your goodness and your grace and your holiness and your power. God, we thank you that your words are true and they are trustworthy. We stand on them and we trust in them. God, we thank you that your word is a treasure. We pray that as we spend these moments together in your word, that you would point us to your grace, point us to your glory. Father, we pray that you would point us to your son, Jesus, our only hope. Shape us with your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys have a seat again. Thank you. All right, so as we said, I believe there's a, a main idea, a big idea being communicated in these verses. And, and this is an interesting encounter that we get between this mother who comes to Jesus and the way he responds to her. And to be honest with you, having read these verses of scripture many times, I read them for a long time and, and, and they struck me as, kind of strange. You know, why would Jesus respond the way that he does? Why would Jesus even more particularly say what he does to this woman? But again, I believe that that there's this main idea being communicated in these verses, and it's this. God's kingdom is for anyone. That word anyone is important. God's kingdom is for anyone who truly believes that Jesus is their only hope. And so what I want us to do is kind of talk about that idea from a couple of perspectives. I want us to talk about that any one part because that's gonna be a huge aspect of what we see here in these verses. But I also want us to talk about this understanding that Jesus is the only hope, all right? So as we look at this statement, I want us to start first with the mother. I want us to take a look at how the Bible talks about her and let's look at her interaction with Jesus. So in verse 22, Actually, we'll start in verse 21 again. It says, Jesus went away from there and he withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. All right, verse 22 says, and behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. All right, now the Bible calls her a Canaanite woman. Now this designation is important to help us understand exactly what's going on here. All right. Because remember, the Gospel of Matthew is written primarily to people who come from a Jewish background. And they know the Old Testament well. And because they know the Old Testament well, they know the Canaanites. And to put it in very simple terms, the Canaanites were people that the Jewish people did not have a good relationship with. A lot of negative history between the two, the Jewish side and the Canaanite side a lot of bad blood between the two. They did not look favorably upon one another. In fact, in the Jewish mind, the Canaanites were enemies. As they looked back at their history, if you're trying to nail down the most persistent and the most hardcore enemies of God's people, as you read through the Old Testament, then you need to go no, fur- no further than the Canaanites themselves. And so there was this constant Friction, constant conflict going on between people from a Jewish background and people from a Canaanite background. And so by the time Jesus comes to earth, by the time we get here in the Gospel of Matthew, it is well established in the Jewish mind that Canaanites are enemies. The history between the Canaanites and the Jews was not a good one. But not only that, the Canaanites were outsiders. They're enemies to God's people, but they're also outsiders, People from a Jewish background, they saw themselves as the insiders. Everyone else is an outsider. And the Canaanites, they are way outside, okay? They're big time outsiders. You guys me so far? So they're enemies and they're outsiders. The Canaanites also considered, they were considered by the Jews as less than human. It was common for the Jewish people to refer to the Canaanites as dogs, Now, we don't have to live in first century Galilee to have in mind what it means when you call somebody a dog. You call somebody a dog now. And that's that's an insult. That's a, a derogatory term, right? And so we're even going to see Jesus give some insight into this because he's going to use the term that was used then in his response to this woman. Here's what we got. We've got a Canaanite, an enemy, an outsider, and someone who is less than human, but not only that, a woman, all right? So that just adds another little extra layer to this encounter here, all right? So she comes to Jesus. And then what we see is in verses 22 through 26, an incredible story of a woman's faith, but also a mother's love, right? So again, in verse 22, Matthew records for us, the Bible says, A Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. So he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Then in verse 27, she said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. All right, there's an incredible encounter that's happening here. I want us to look at it first from the perspective of Jesus, then I want us to look at the way she engages this encounter. It looks as though Jesus is testing her faith here. It seems as though Jesus is squarely, putting her to the test. How do we see that? Number one, Jesus ignores her when she first comes to him, right? She comes to him, "O Lord, son of David, have mercy on me because my daughter is severely demon oppressed. Jesus, as the Bible says in Matthew, he ignores her. He did not answer her a word, so he ignores her. Number two, Jesus tells his disciples after she came to them that he was not sent for her people, but he was rather sent for the people of Israel. she she keeps coming. We'll talk about that here in a moment. The disciples come to Jesus and they basically say, Lord, just do what she wants so we can get rid of her. And Jesus says, I was not sent to this people. I was sent to the people of Israel, people from a Jewish background. Then the third way we see Jesus responding to her here is he says, it is not right to take the bread that is for the children and to give it to the dogs. And it looks as though that Jesus is testing her faith here. Now, a question that might be popping up in our minds is, is Jesus being rude here? Is Jesus being unloving here? And what I would say to us is a resounding no, absolutely not. Let us make sure that we do not attribute any sinful motivations or behaviors to our Savior because he is, as the Bible tells us, completely sinless in every way. The Bible affirms for us the complete and absolute perfection and sinlessness of Jesus. So according to the biblical testimony about who Jesus is, it is obvious that he is not being unloving here and he is not being rude here because our perfect and sinless Savior is not going to handle himself in that way. Does that make sense? Jesus is not being rude or unloving here. I believe what's happening is Jesus is putting her faith to the test. He is actually not only putting her faith to the test, but I think one of the things that he is going to do is he is going to draw this encounter out in such a way that everyone who looks at this encounter and looks at it from a Jewish background is going to see that a Canaanite woman has an incredible faith that's about to be commended. A Canaanite woman is going to come to Jesus and say, you are my only hope. You're my daughter's only hope. Jesus is not being rude or, or unloving, but I believe what's going on here is he's going to make a statement about her faith and he's going to make a statement about God's kingdom. Now, Jesus has ignored her. Jesus has told his disciples, I have not come for her people. And Jesus has gone on to say, we don't take the bread that is meant for the children and give it to the dogs. Now, let's look at this encounter from the Mother's perspective. Very quickly, we'll read through these verses again. Verse 22, a Canaanite woman from the region came out and was crying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. She comes to Jesus in need and in distress. And she also recognizes Jesus for who he is. She calls him Lord. She calls him the son of David. Then goes on, verse 23, but he did not answer her a word. Now, there is no statement here in the Bible that says that she just went about, went about her way and looked for some other way to get healing for her daughter, right? What does she do? Oh, she goes to the disciples. All right, she, she went to the master and he did not answer her a word and she did not take no for an answer. Now, a quick side note, one of the things we love about mothers, they don't usually take no for an answer, do they? Right? Anybody grown up, seen that, that reality, Right? If, if a, a mother is on a mission, that mission is bound to be accomplished, right? One of my favorite stories I read many, many, many years ago. <laughs> it was the story of, of a man who stole a woman's car, not realizing that in the back of that car was a car seat with a baby in it. This man drives off in this car, and so what does this woman do? What does this mother do? Oh, she starts running after him. And she finds a way to chase him down. And she drags him out of that car. And she beats him to a bloody pulp. To the point that the man is finally begging her to stop. And somebody asked her afterward, ma'am, how in the world did you do this? This is a man who's much bigger than you. You're you're not that impressive of, of a physical specimen. And she said, there was part of me in that car And I was not going to let anyone take that part of me away, right? There's a reason we have the term mama bear, right? We don't call it papa bear, right? Uh, There's a reason why you don't mess with the birds in the nest and it ain't the dad, right? It's because of the mother, all right? There is something about a mother's love and a mother's persistence that is an incredible thing. And we even see that side part here in these verses, right? So Jesus has ignored her. And rather than taking that no for an answer, what does she do? She goes to the disciples to the point that the disciples come to Jesus and say, send her away. Essentially saying, will you just please give her what she wants? Because she will not stop bothering us. She is persistent, right? So she turns to the disciples even after Jesus does not answer her. Then it continues on says in verse 23, he did not answer a word. The disciples came, begged him saying, send her away for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then in verse 25, but she came and she knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. So she comes a second time. This time, not with pride, not with arrogance, but she kneels before him and says, Lord, help me. So she comes to him a second time. She is bold in her coming to Jesus, not because of arrogance, but because she believes that Jesus is her only hope. Then in verse 26, Jesus answers and says, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now again, that's a statement that when we first read it, boy, that sounds harsh. That sounds hard. And again, I do not believe for a second Jesus is being rude or unloving. I believe what Jesus is doing is he is drawing this encounter out to test and demonstrate her faith, but also to make a statement about what is happening in God's kingdom. Now, it's possible that she might have taken that statement from Jesus, And basically, where Jesus says, I've come only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm not going to take what belongs to them and give it to those who are considered dogs by some people. It's possible that she could have heard that and taken that and just stopped there, but she does not. I think her response is one of the most astounding things we read in this entire encounter. Look at how she responds in verse 27. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She hears Jesus' response, and she continues. And she even walks through, if you will, that insulting term that surely she has heard so many times before. And essentially says to Jesus, if all I can get is just a crumb, that'll be enough. If all I can get is just a little bit of the reality of who you are in the life of my daughter, then that'll be enough. I don't need to be head of the table I don't need to have every single request that I'm asking of to be answered, but if just in this one instance, if just in this small way, I can get in on who you are and what you're doing. And so Jesus commends her faith. In verse 28, Jesus does two things. Number one, he says, O woman, great is your faith. Then he says, be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Jesus commenced her faith. He had tested her sincerity. He had put her faith to the test and she passed through with flying colors, right? A Canaanite, an enemy, an outsider, someone considered less than human by others, and a woman with faith like this. How about that? He commends her faith. But not only that, he heals her daughter. As Jesus speaks it, the healing comes into the life of her daughter. So let me drive us to this. What is Jesus saying here? The Jewish people of that day did not believe that the kingdom of God was just for anyone. They believed the kingdom of God was only for them. They believed that as you read through the Old Testament, all of the promises, all of the things that God said would come were theirs and theirs alone, and that they were the insiders. They were the ones who had the right to it. They were the ones who were going to enjoy it. And it was not for anybody else except for them. And they also believed that anyone who was not of them, well, those people were enemies and they were outsiders. So what does Jesus do? Jesus takes one of these enemies, one of these outsiders, a woman no less, and uses her to show that people from anywhere can come to him in faith. No matter where they have come from, no matter what their background is, They can come to Jesus in faith. And Jesus makes it clear that God's kingdom is for anyone who truly believes that Jesus is their only hope. No matter what your background, no matter what your story is, this was shocking then. But it shouldn't have been. This would have been absolutely shocking, especially for those from a Jewish background to see and to hear. How is it that an outsider, how is it that an enemy... Is going to be in on healing from Jesus, the very Son of God. How is this going to be? But the amazing thing is that this is what God has been saying throughout the entire Bible, all the way from the beginning. We see that this is the way that God is building his kingdom. Now, the question for us is what is Jesus telling us here? Here's something that we as followers of Jesus need to make sure that we remember, that we never forget, that we always come back to. For every Christian in this place, we know that at one point we were outsiders. At one point we were on the outside looking in. We were on the outside looking in at God's mercy. We were on the outside looking in at God's goodness. We were on the outside looking in at God's love and his grace, We know that at one point, we were not only outsiders, at one point, we were enemies. Enemies of God. The Bible even uses the term enmity to describe the relationship that existed between us and God before he intervened and changed that. We were standing against God, not doing what he wanted us to do, but instead doing what we wanted to do. This is who we were. This is how we lived. Yet also for every Christian in this place, we know that we came to a place where we realized that we needed hope. We needed someone to rescue us. We needed someone to help us. We needed someone to intervene and change this situation because we were absolutely Hopeless and helpless and without a prayer and without direction and without life in this world. We reached that point where we realized that we needed help. We needed someone to give us hope. And then we understood that there is one who gives us that help and gives us that hope and his name is Jesus. We come to him. And one of the things that we realize is that no matter the background, no matter where we have come from, God's kingdom is for anyone who truly believes that Jesus is their only hope. And we realize that and God healed us. God gave us new life and a new heart. Just as this mother comes to Jesus, an outsider, an enemy considered less than human, she comes to Jesus And she exhibits a faith that is so strong that Jesus commends it and he moves and he heals as a response to her incredible faith. And we see not only her love and we see not only her faith, but we see what Jesus is saying is that in God's kingdom, there aren't insiders And outsiders so much, but there are those who have come to realize that we are completely lost without God's grace and that our only hope is in Jesus Christ. And then there are those who have not come to that point yet, and we do not look at them as enemies, we do not look at them as outsiders we certainly do not look at them as less than human. But we look at them as those who have been created by God with dignity and value and worth who we desperately want them to hear. The good news of this same Jesus who took us for being on the outside looking in at God's grace and brought us into his family. Because those who have been brought into God's family, we are the first to realize and confess we have no business being here. We have no right to be here. We can't believe that we're here. We don't know why it is that God in his grace brought us to himself. It's not anything that we did. It's not anything that we can take credit for. But we are so very thankful that God brought us into his family. And so if you are a Christian, I hope you hear the truth from these verses. That yes, at one time you were an enemy and on the outside looking in, but God in his grace has brought you into his family. And it doesn't matter what your cultural background is. It doesn't matter what your, your race or your ethnicity is. God's kingdom is for all those who believe that Jesus is their only hope. If you're not a Christian, then I hope you hear the truth from these verses as well. God's kingdom, being part of his family forever, is for anyone who truly believes that Jesus is their only hope. And we would pray that you would come to him. You'd believe in him. You'd cast yourself on his mercy and his grace.